Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. In this, our third year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to Be Human. I'm your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, poet and playwright. Now, this will be episode 179. I'm recalling it Overview of the Writing World. So we're going to go over some some basic topics, sort of a, a, a not only a refresher, but just a, just a way to sort of open people's eyes and minds to, to the new year and the writing challenges and the things we, we might have ahead. But sometimes we need to all look to the you know, to the start of things or, or to the beginning or, or just to just to have that that perspective back again, because sometimes I, I think we lose it uh, after writing uh, for a number of years or uh, being accepted or rejected so many different times. You know, I, I think sometimes it might numb us or possibly blind us. It, it definitely can make us more cynical than we should be as as writers and as artists. OK, so that's what I'm going to call this overview of the writing world. All right, so let's go on to, I'm going to have a number of like sub-segments in this show, more than three. So I'll, I'll announce each one as I go along, okay? The first one that I find still the very most important amongst many of, of writers is guidelines. Uh, folks, we need to do the basic research to understand where we're sending something to. Now, I'm not suggesting that you need to read every one of their, you know, um, magazines or issues or journals to kind of get a gist because it's well possible you might never really get a gist it's possible that even if you read a few and you compare it to what you're doing wow i don't think this makes any sense you never do it but you don't really know you don't really know if what they're saying even in the guidelines about you know try to try to send something that's similar to the spirit that we're doing you don't even know if they're going to change their mind when they read your work it might knock something over in them or tag something in them and open some inner eye in them they didn't have before. You just don't know. All you do know about guidelines is that you are bound to respect them. Otherwise, you're wasting your time and, and you're kind of making it harder for everybody else out there. Okay? Because there are certain things that, yeah, you shouldn't send to and you wouldn't know if you wasn't researching it. You're not always going to tell uh, from a magazine's or a, a journal's you know, title, what kind of material it takes. It could be a place that only takes horror poetry. And then you're sending a poem about the forest. And that's not going to work unless there's a monster in the forest in your poem. It's the same thing with the magazines that only want women's work, only want feminist work, only want black writers, only want Hispanic writers, only want transgender writers or disabled writers or, or writers who are suffering from mental illness. It's not going to say that in the title of the magazine. So without some basic research, you're not really knowing what you're sending. And it's a very good chance what you're sending doesn't belong there. Because it's not really what they're looking for. That is really where your research should be at. Just getting yourself an idea about, you know, um, what's the parameters of what they're looking for. 
Do they have some format requirements? Do they have some uh, general uh, numbers of what they want to send? You know, some places will send, will say, we only want at least three poems and maybe uh, one fiction piece. Or some places say, give me up to six. Some places go ten. Some places want two. You know, some places they want a certain font. It's real critical to find out what their drop dead date is, so to speak. What's that end cutoff date for that issue? Because, again, it makes no sense saying it outside of that. It's just wasting people's time, and including your own. That's really what the basic research is needed for. I know many editors say, you know, if you read our magazine, you'll get a good gist in what you can send and what you're not going to send. I, I, there's a lot of things about that editors do that I, I deeply disagree with. So unless it's some, literally it says, you, if you don't do this, we're not going to, you know, uh, consider your work, which I don't know how they could figure out if you read it or not, unless it's it's about purchasing in it. That's another story then. I wouldn't uh, even agree with that. But what I can tell you on this is that you have a responsibility as a writer to do some basic research about that magazine. Whether you believe reading it or not is going to make a difference is up to you. It's your time. It's your effort. I, on the other hand, I don't really think that it works. I just don't. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Because unless they don't have a certain theme or a certain thing they're looking for, how are you really going to tell whatever they're reading, whatever you're reading in there is somehow, oh yeah, I think my work will fit in. Who really knows that? You don't even know. So it's not really, uh, I think, a, a, a good practice to, you know, if I don't read this, I, I must be bad. No. In fact, it's not even part of research. Some people say it is, and you can go that far if you'd like. I'm just telling you that my definition, and most people who have common sense definition of research, is something you do that's going to help illuminate your path. That's what research is supposed to be about. You learn something about somebody's background. You learn something about a, a country's history. You learn something about this and that. What the hell are you really going to learn by reading 50 other people's poems? Wow, this is really good. But beyond that, what, what does that really tell you? Not a whole lot. You know, if they have a concurrent theme, well, that, that could have came from the magazine itself. Or it could have came just from a theme they had on that issue. Again, you could have learned that by, by just by reading the guideline. You didn't need to read a million poems. I'm not saying you shouldn't read what's going on out there. I'm just saying that I think that it is... Uh, in, in my opinion, anyway, from, from my, all my years of, of, of writing and, and reading experience, I, I don't think it gives you even close of the hint that you need in order to go forward on send something. As long as you read the basic guidelines and follow them, go submit it out, and, and that's it. It's always going to be a chance anyway, but to me, I, I just think it's too much to have to, to read so many, so many magazines in order to get an idea. I mean, don't get me wrong, some people do that. Anyway, others just, you know, there's a couple they want to read, others they don't, and that's fine too. I, I still do that myself. i just not going to read, you know, if I'm going to submit to 20 magazines this month, I'm, I'm not reading stuff on every one of them. It's just something not, not going to happen. And in some instances, if they're not electronic, you're just hearing about them electronically on the internet, that means you need the actual paper edition of them. I mean, how are you going to get that unless you go buy one of their back orders? And again, uh, not a good idea. Wasting money, waiting around for something to come, and then you got to read it. And again, you might not get anything then if you got it off the, off the internet for free. So there's no guarantee on that. But there is a serious guarantee on just doing the basic research. Okay, 
I run aerial chart, as you know, and I cannot tell you how many times I have to turn back people just because they don't want to listen to the guidelines. Okay? I try to give people some leeway. I'm not like, you know, the Ten Commandments on even my own guidelines. But there's certain things you just can't do. You can't just skip out on a bio when it says we need to have one. You know? You can't send me 87 poems when I'm saying I don't really don't want any more than six. You know, you, you can't send me poems that have 300 lines in it, and I'm telling you, you know, I really don't want anything past, like, 50 lines. And that's giving you a lot. Jeez, if you got something to do with past 50 lines, you know, may, maybe you're brilliant, but um, it's not going to work for what I'm trying to do, okay? Don't send me art or photography. We, we do our own stuff here. Things like that. The critical things that, you know, it should jump out to you in the guidelines right away, you know? Another thing we've been noticing lately, and I'm not sure if this is something you might practice, but you want to really want to stay away from it. Two things, okay? Most magazines have more than one editor. Sometimes they're grouped into the genre. You got your poetry editor and your fiction editor, your book review editor, and blah, blah, blah. Others are just a bunch of editors who are contributing editors or assistant editors. You know, they're working to, you know, to make that magazine happen. Don't send your one piece to 20 different editors in there, okay? It's confusing, all right? It's It certainly is a waste of time, you know? And I don't really understand the motivation. I really don't. Pick somebody, send a thing to, and go on ahead, all right? I don't know what more you can expect from that. I mean, you think they're all going to sit there on some table somewhere and battle over, you know, who, who thought this was the best reading and, and who wants this and who wants that? People don't do that. It doesn't happen that way, okay? Not to mention that, you know, a lot of these uh, journals, uh, uh, especially when they're electronic ones, I mean, people from all over the place. I got people like t- three different countries, all right? So we're not exactly battling around the table. And they're all going to inquire with each other. Did you get this? Blah, blah, blah. Because they'll see a whole bunch of these uh, different uh, addresses on there. So this sentence of one person. I'm not sure what you're thinking. If you're thinking that is, or you're thinking somehow that, you know, um, Maybe one of them will, will, will give you a break and the other ones won't. And maybe that'll be all you need. Again, you, you're making it more work for people. We had enough work as it is. We don't need any more. So please keep that in mind just in terms of, you know, practical courtesy. Okay? All right. Now, and the next thing here, and this is very rare. I mean, I've only known of it happening once, but it wouldn't surprise me if it happens more in the future. I don't know what people's minds are. Okay? So um, without trying to sound ironic, or rude, or even facetious, okay? I live on Earth. It's a small blue planet in our galaxy, okay? Others might live on another plane of existence, or maybe on another planet. Well, God bless them. But here on Earth, okay, if somebody accepts your work, your answer coming back to them is is not, I need a week or two or three or a month before I consider your acceptance. We literally got something like that the other day. I don't I don't even understand what kind of moronic nonsense this is. I don't know if this person is having a problem or, or they think they're a genius or they got it out 20 other places and they're trying to wait around. I don't know what the hell they're thinking or the motivation is. All I know is it's extremely unprofessional and definitely out of beyond the ordinary. It's just out of reality. Okay. We all deal with our talents. How good or how bad we might be on a given day or given week, given year, 
all the things we have to deal with in terms of faith and, and of fear and all the times that we get rejections and then maybe we get an acceptance or two that week, that month, that by month, who the hell knows? If you know, if you put out enough, you know the numbers like I do, you know, I, I might get four or five acceptances and that's, that was extracted out of the 50 or 60 rejections. All with the same boilerplate, soulless nonsense. Well, that's no reflection on your work. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, shut up, okay? So, if you're ever considering that, this is probably not the place for you to do to do anything with in writing. You probably should go someplace else. This person says they're an academic professor. So, again, I don't know if they're getting high on their own supply or, or, or they just uh, in one of those states where they could smoke marijuana and still practice teaching? You got me. But on my planet Earth, where I live, you know, in this reality, okay, if somebody gives you an acceptance, you know, you jump up and down and be happy and run with it. That's what I would do. And I'm saying that because I think Aero Chart is the greatest magazine that ever lived, all right? And I'm not saying that because I think I'm the most brilliant editor out there. I'm just saying in terms of writer just like you a human just like you acceptances sometimes you, you might not see for some for a while i mean really it's like bigfoot you know you hear a whole lot about it but you don't see a whole lot of bigfoot that's how an acceptance sometimes can be in writing you know it, it's not only a measure uh, of your work and a connection that you made it, it is some kind of a minor blessing i mean it, it, to not be I think respectful and joyful of the whole event is it's crazy. You know, needless to say I rejected that person and, and told them they might want to reconsider their, their idiotic philosophy because it makes no sense. You know, and I and I've been in this for thirty six years. Ten for editing. I've never ever heard someone say that. And most likely I I'll probably get a few more this year, most likely. Me people are that strange. I literally had to update the guidelines just to make sure people know that's really not acceptable at all. You can't get back to me in 48 hours. You know, I guess you're not interested. So please don't ever do any of that. And, and just, just just be grateful uh, of those that are willing to um, make comment about your work. Even if they don't accept it. It is such a, a, a blessing. It still means you made some sort of connection. It still means a great deal. And you could run with that. And, and you know... You're on the right path and you're on the, on the right track. So please uh, consider that. All right, now submissions. I mentioned this before. I don't mean to, to make um, the submission uh, process some kind of numbers game, okay? Because I'm not. I don't believe in that sort of stuff. I do believe in art. I do believe in our heart and our soul and the things that we invest in some of these things that make them alive, that make them powerful when people read them. So I don't like to throw them in some sort of big commercial, you know, bingo uh, ball where you spin it and then you call out a number or something. But the truth of the matter is just because it is the most practical thing that you could see and understand, you know, if you got 10 great poems and you're only sending five of them out to maybe three magazines that month, you, you're just dramatically reducing your chances that they're going to get read or, or, or even reject it with a note, or possibly even accept it. It just makes no sense. You, you should be sending out, you know, in, in my opinion, you should be sending out at least three or four submissions a week. 
And if you do the calculations in a month, you know, that puts you about 16 to 20 a month. Uh, to my, for my, my own practice, that's kind of low. But I think for your average writer, there's nothing wrong with doing that. I just think if you're not even doing that, I mean, you just, you're just really reducing yourself and all the work that could be out there. Because remember, your chances are greater if you're multiply submitting to different places. Just keep track of them. It's not hard to do. And you get something accepted, you can email the other people quickly and, and say, hey, this uh, you know, got picked up and I'm withdrawing it now. Have a good day. Not hard to do. But your chances are increased first by following some guidelines and doing some basic research. And of course, second, by making sure you're putting it out there. You got something new you feel strong about. It makes no sense not sending it at least to five different publications. At least over the course of a month. And maybe save it for another five or ten the next month. You have to do this if you're looking to get real increases in your percentages of acceptances. Like I said, I don't mean to make it like a numbers game. I don't really look at it like that. But I have an understanding that on a practical level, there's just too many magazines out there. They're getting a lot of submissions in from all kinds of different people and all kinds of different subject matter. And, you know, if, if you wanted to get, you know, looked at seriously, you you got to be able to try to touch, you know, as many bases as possible. It's no different than the singers sending out their tape of their music to a number of producers or record companies. It's no different than that. I mean, if you're a photographer, you, you might be sending it out to... 10 different magazines. So why is a writer supposed to be any different? Now, sure, you want to make sure in the guidelines that this is permitted, okay? You'll find on a general basis that most magazines have no problem with simultaneous submissions as long as you give them proper notice that it's been picked up somewhere else so they're not still trying to consider something that's already been picked up. That's it. That's all you have to do. Few of them will say we don't, we don't, we don't go that route. If you if you send it out already, then we don't want you to send it to us. And then you just you know x them off your list or you know go about your business. Or if for some strange reason you're like, I really love this magazine. I really think this poem could work there. You have to take that risk because that's what it is to send that one work to that one place and that one place only because that's what they say they want. You just have to understand that it's an enormous risk, okay? Because you, you could have sent it out 20 other places. You might have got it picked up. You send it to this one place. I mean, look on it. More than times, they'll actually tell you, yeah, we'll get back to you in three months. We'll get back to you in six months. I've seen one, we'll get back to you in nine months. I mean, if you think about it, is it worth that risk to literally give you to give that one work that you really love, nobody else is going to get to read it now for almost like the entire year, which they could always come back with the, the soulless form letter as usual. You know, no reflection on your work. It just doesn't fit. No, blah, 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 blah. Uh, what, what, what was that risk worth for? For the whole year for no one else to read it? But if you want to try that, you can. It's just, it's all risk at what we do. But, and I've really challenged if people have done this and they, they were not happy with the results. Because what happens most of them is they had the whole year go by. All the other material they had wrote already got picked up already. And they got this thing still outstanding because they only had it at one place. Don't get me wrong. They all 
didn't have that experience. Most of them did. I've talked to two people that this worked for them. And they were happy with it. To me, I'm not happy with waiting three, six, nine months on anything, okay? I'm not getting any younger, okay? I'm certainly not getting any more patient by doing any of this. And I just happen to think that that sort of thing is patently unfair to the writer. In fact, I think that anything more than a month or two is unfair, quite frankly. I don't care how many submissions you say you get in. Your job is to read them. Your job is to get a volunteer staff done or somebody to help you read them. And you should all be able, you all be able to get through this in a month or two. We go through hundreds of here a month. Most of the times we get back to people in less than three weeks. If someone's going to be rejected, if that's their destiny, well, let's just get it done sooner than later, okay? Because to me, later is only an additional injury to the insult. It really is. So that's the chance you take, that's the risk you take, but it's good for you to understand that. I don't believe it's a numbers game, but I do believe that you need to put it out in more faces and more eyes to see and read if you're going to be able to, to really make a connection and get something out there. It's, to me, I think it's just common sense. But again, it's up to you. At least you understand some of your options. All right? Not journals. And I don't mean this to make a, a crass comment, but it's simply writer to writer, okay? You you know a number of magazines that either they were complete jerks to you, being nasty, being rude, or just sending the stupid soulless form letter, which to me it's a, a form of being rude, you know? And, and then you're always feeling bad about it, you're, you're feeling guilty about it, you're feeling fearful about it, you're losing faith, and all for what? You find out later on the damn magazine closed up. What the hell were you worrying about? Huh? You're still there. You're still writing. You're still submitting. The damn journal already folded up in less than a year. And you're worrying about them? All right, please don't give these journals more than you can think of. I mean, if the journal's been around 50 years, maybe you can feel a little disappointed they said no. All right? And I'm not saying you need to wait 50 years, but I can tell you one thing. (laughs) Within a year or two, a lot of these places, they're going to close up shop. Because they got editors that don't want to do the work. Or they found out how much work it is. Or they just in over their head. Or or whatever reason it is. It's usually something dumb, I'm sure. Okay? How would you feel about that then? I mean, really? Don't you feel that your, you know, your your lack of faith or your illness or, or whatever you want to call it. From that rejection from that place. Was it worthwhile? You're still standing. Where the hell are they at? And I've seen plenty of these things. I remember last year, I know at least 50 of them myself that went, boop. You know, you, you got to laugh and move on ahead. You don't know if these places are even going to last a year or two. So to get all fussy about, oh, they don't like this, they don't do that, don't worry about it. There's plenty of them out there, okay? And again, I'm not trying to tell you there's some kind of great numbers game. Well, I'm just simply saying is that you sell yourself short. You betray your talents. You throw away what, how long it took to build up some faith over some knucklehead who can't even stick around for 12 months. Please, don't sell yourself short over that, okay? You know, it's not a question of uh, you need to prove who you are. Hell, if you think about it, the average writer's around a lot longer than the average journal. Maybe they need to prove who the hell they are. 
Really, you're going to reject my work? Let's see if you're here in another damn calendar year. So you can tell me about how good or bad I am. Please. So, don't get too... Don't get too excited about that, one way or the other, really. Now, keep in mind, of course, too, that numerous journals spring up every month. All right, so check those out. Give them a give them a try. You know, if you know anything about uh, writing more fiction than poetry, you know that there's a, a a site called the Shortlist. All right, you can give that a check out. Check it on Google. It updates every month. Has hundreds of places where you can sit, where you can send your short fiction. It tells you uh, the length that they're looking for. It tells you if they're willing to offer pay or not. You'll if you go into the guidelines and some of them, you'll see they also accept uh, poetry and others, even though it's a fiction shortlist. This 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 uh, site I'm giving you. Some of these magazines also accept poetry and other things, essays, plays, and whatever. It's mostly fiction, but still, it's a good list to, to work on. And you'll also see. At the bottom of that list, all the magazines that went defunct over this the last year or two. You'll notice you probably sent to a few of those in the past. Okay, so if you get a chance to go down that list, look at it and laugh a lot. Okay, you'll feel a whole lot better about yourself and even about a rejection. Because again, you know, I don't know how much a rejection is, is worth when they don't even have anything to say to you. You can't even tell if they even read your work or not. Just some form letter. And now I'm supposed to take the rejection seriously because they're no longer in business? Come on, please, huh? I, I, I've, uh, I've had some toilet paper that was worth more than, than some of these rejections, okay? At least it did something that I needed to get done. That stuff doesn't. So try to keep that in mind when you go forward in this new year over here, all right, about journals and about rejection, okay? You'll save yourself not only some time, but you save you some some grief. We don't need any more grief as writers. So why not add any more to ourselves? Try to keep this in mind. Some of the things I'm talking about. Because these are the facts. Okay? Alright. I'm also saying this about journals. Mainly because. That's one of the more. I guess you can say prominent places. That a lot of us have submit work to. Okay? But. In the past year now, with this whole COVID situation, which has went from this from a few months to like probably two years away it's going, lots of places don't really exist for writers to do things anymore. You don't see a lot of readings because of COVID and because of cafes and the various places. They just don't allow this. There's a lot of theaters that don't even do uh, live uh, plays anymore. It's all either on Zoom, you know, where they just do it quickly on uh, a, a controlled stage and, and record it and then put it out on the Internet. So uh, there's some things that have changed in our modern life at the moment that might not go back for a while. So more times than ever, people are submitting a workout. So these are things that you should really keep in mind. And it it might actually uh, fall on good ears uh, from people who don't do as much journal submitting. And now they have to. Because I know a lot of writers that they spend so much time, you know, doing all these, uh, these vocal performances and spoken word things and all of that. You know, that uh, it, it was part of the real ensemble of everything he was doing about getting the work out. But oftentimes it lopsided more to that than it is to sending out to journals. And now, of course, that's not such an easy thing to do. So you want to keep this in mind, folks, okay? Because, uh, you know, if you thought um, that the spoken word was the easier task and, 
you know, the journal, it's not really a, 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 a true uh, evaluation because they both have their serious pluses and minuses. All right, so. All right, interviews. Now, I, I, in the aerial chart, we started doing some, um, some, some small print ones as well. That's kind of fun. And uh, enjoying doing that. But, of course, we also have, uh, you know, our podcast interview for writers on, on my uh, uh, show here, A Strength to Be Human. So we try to get many people in as much as we can. Not easy to do with the schedules, but it's always doable. And we're always eventually getting somebody uh, that, that are interesting and, and fun. We had uh, Jack Henry uh, early in the month. Uh, that went very well. A lot, a lot of good feedback on that. Took a long time to get him the schedule with everything that was happening. But it, it was well worthwhile. Uh, keep in mind, there are plenty of other people out there that wouldn't mind interviewing you on magazines, on blog, on blogs, you know, uh, of course, on, on, on various podcasts, some literary shows, there's places out there. Try to use that as a good vehicle to get your work out there, To uh, especially if you have a book that's coming up. It's a good, uh, you know, promotional vehicle, good for marketing, you know, and, and, and look into doing that. I'm always surprised at how many people shy away from it. It's always surprising that people... Who tell me, no, I'm not interested in doing that. I'm, I don't feel comfortable. I don't know this. I don't do that. Don't understand it. But it is an important, I think, for your writing career to be able to be out there. People will be able to read a little bit more about who you are, what you are, what your background is. What, maybe you have some thoughts about how you are writing or how you can write, where you write. Uh, maybe some thoughts about some of the things you wrote about. Kind of giving people a little bit more you know, insight into it, possibly. It's it's always fascinating to read other people's habits and, and thoughts and fears and faiths and, and successes. So try to do that. And, and there's always, always a place for you out there if you're willing to, you know, just remind people that you're available. Most of the times it's just about sending you some questions and, and you just fill them with the answers and send them back and they publish it. Sometimes it's about scheduling, you know, if you're doing a radio or a podcast. But hey, it really is well worthwhile, I'm telling you. Now, reviews. I, I mentioned this a few uh, episodes ago on the on review show, but yeah, it's important to try to do a review or two every couple of months just to help out the people in the artistic community. Because you're hoping that one of these, someone's going to do that for you as well. But you get something that's out there that's published, you know, you want to try to send an email to a few people, see if they're interested in reviewing it. It's a, a good, another good way for people to learn something about you, something about your writing, Promote your new project, get it out there. So it's it's another thing to take uh, seriously now. More and more magazines are, you know, printing these, you know. And sometimes I'll even uh, print them and publish them from somebody else, not on their staff who did the review of your book. So it's because it, they 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 need the material out there for their review section. Something that you know helps them complete, you know, the whole palette of what they're trying to do artistically. We got some poetry over here. We got some fiction over there. Got a couple of nonfiction over there. Got a review over there. Oh yeah, we got an interview of this and that. Boop. You know, so it's a, it's a nice mix to have in there. And again, you'd be surprised on, on how many people don't take the step to tell somebody about their book, or don't try to make some solicitation about uh, getting an interview. It's it's not a a vain thing to do. Okay, it's not something. You know, that, that's arrogant or silly. It, it's something legitimate. Hey, you know, I've written for this many years. I got this stuff going out here. I got a book coming up, blah, blah, blah. Would you mind interviewing me about that? That's it. It's, it's, it's nothing more than that. And it's nothing more difficult than that. You don't have to, 
you know, try to sound like that, you know, you're some kind of brave way, cosmic ego act, you know, just be yourself as a writer. It's important to do. Now, one of the last things to talk about here, and uh, I'm sure you get a laugh at it, but it has a lot of truth is, as you know, politics becoming big rage deeds the last couple of years, and that's all fine. But I want you to remember something. You're a writer, and you're a writer first. And when you're writing, it's important to be artistic. It's not important to add some political nonsense in there. Okay? All right, folks? If you want something really temporary in your life, hold on to some politics for a little while. Because ten minutes later, it's going to change to something else. You could step in things, and it'll actually be with you longer than the politics that you supposedly believe in. That's how temporary it is. It's how superficial it is, and often how silly it is, okay? And I'm telling you something, not as being a cynic, just as somebody that knows something about writing, knows something about life, and knows something about traveling the world, knows something about history. Artistic people, not very good, okay, on espousing any kind of politics. They always tend to suck at it, because we, have, we tend to be in another planet or another reality someplace. We forget that how other people live. We grasp onto some political things. We think it's cool. If that's what you want to do as your, your, your individual human being, you have a right to do so. Go ahead. Have fun. As an artist, it's not the same thing. You have no right to put that into your art because it just becomes propaganda. You're only going to piss somebody else off and then lessen your audience more than it already is. Okay? Very few artists even know how to do it correctly. So I suggest you stay away from it. That's what I do. I won't even let people even send that stuff over to me in my journal. I'm like, no, bye. Okay, I heard all the Trump, Biden, Hillary, blah, 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 crap, Bush, whatever, for the last 10 years. Don't care. None of it makes any sense to me. Okay? All idiotic nonsense. Remember, I'm a veteran. None of these people even served their countries. So I'm not even interested in them on any level. Okay? But I can tell you something. Artists have a horrible history of trying to introduce politics to the work and failing miserably and often looking like idiots. If it wasn't for the fact that they had some other good art out there, people would be bashing them to this day because it's so stupid. Picasso becoming a communist, practically letting Nazis come into Paris and, and take art, almost collaborating with them. Does that sound like some kind of genius political guy? No, he's just an artist. Yes, maybe one of the greatest of the 20th century, but again... He steps into politics, he's a moron. Poe, didn't think slavery was a bad idea. Yeah, thanks, Poe, appreciate that. I realize you're a dark, horrible character there, but, you know, shut up about that other stuff because you don't know what you're talking about. History, again, proves me right, proves you wrong, okay? Abraham Lincoln was a great writer. He actually believed in freeing the slaves, but he really didn't ultimately believe in their equality. He didn't believe they should be married to white women. He didn't even believe they should own property. Right? When we delve into these people a little bit closer, you won't like what you find. <laughs> you really won't. Jack London believed that uh, disabled people should be killed or at least locked up and institutionalized. And whenever it was possible, uh, scientists should get onto eugenics so that we could just weed them out of our system. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Appreciate that. But he loved nature so much and all those cool wolf stories. Meanwhile, handicapped kids, yeah, let's kill them. That was, his, that was his wonderful ideas. He actually wrote stuff about that. Yeah, appreciate that guy. Okay, and you got plenty of others. I can, I, can, I can name them on forever. It's obvious to us from Shakespeare that he was anti-Semitic. Not hard to, to see that he wasn't. 
all right? So we have lots of problems as artists. We don't need to add any more of the world's junk into it. Believe it or not, folks, part of our actual job as the artist is to try to lighten the people's load in life. Try to give them some essence of truth. Try to help them stop being a hater, not adding more to it. So please drop all that Trump, Biden, and all that other crap. And I'm going to keep rejecting it, but understand something. You don't help your art. You don't help yourself. You're going you're gonna to only lessen your audience. And you're not going to say anything clever that we have already heard 20,000 times and all kinds of propaganda places. We don't need to hear it from the artists. We need to hear something else. You know? So if someone's going to say anything political in their work, first thing, be artistic about it. Second thing, how about you try to be original? Okay? How about you talk about a third party or... How about uh, just a leader that can actually bring people together that's not talking to any of the crap that the last these people have been doing for the last 20 years? Can we try that, maybe? Because yeah, I don't see that. I just see the same old retreads. Same old junk that I could have read on somebody's political platform. Or some idiot just said last week and someone's not putting it into a poem. You're not even original. Not helpful. Okay? You want to be a good poet? Stick to good poetry. Okay? You want to be a great playwright? Well, stick to the drama of the characters you're producing. Don't any of this other nonsense out here. It comes and it goes so fast. And did it mean very much in the end? Not really. People go on to the next whatever thing it is. Right? Politics is, is a lot like those toys for Christmas that everybody's so excited about for the like last three months of the year. And then after it's over with, two weeks later, what the hell was that? What the hell was a holly hobby? What what the hell was a cabbage patch kid? Huh? Anybody still remember Stretch Armstrong? Huh? No? No. There's always something new. And then it's gone. That's really what politics is. The sad thing is that unlike the toy which has a finite life and a finite price, politics sometimes it, 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 it winds up soiling people's minds and it hurts them longer than they realize. For no good reason. So... Try to stay away from that. Try to stay above that. Alright? Because when all these idiots are done shooting each other and cursing each other, you know, they might want to fall back on one of our voices and one of our plays, one of our books, one of our poems, and maybe get them back to some perspective about what the hell is going on. In reality. Okay? Alright, folks. So that's my overview of the writing world. Hopefully this will help us bring us back to some semblance of normalcy or at least... Give us the, the strength and the courage to move on into the year 2021, which, as you can see, didn't start off so great as I was hoping it would. And, you know, of course, now we're looking at a COVID thing probably lasting to the end of the year, possibly even into next year. So all that baloney everybody's been telling us the last couple of months about, it's all going to be gone soon. That does not look like to be the case. Okay? I mean, I'm looking at probably seeing not even half of my audience get a vaccination in the next six months. So we have a long road to go ahead in this country and elsewhere. So let's try to be safe. Try to be as positive as possible. Get that work out there because you're going to be relying on it on the Internet and by the regular mail even more than ever before until things go back, which is going to be a while. All right. And if there's not anything that's going to sustain us, if not if the values that we have or the philosophy we cling to, or even the religion and the gods that we believe in, it's definitely going to be art that we're working on. All right. So let's keep that in mind, folks. Until next time, God bless. This is Mark Antti Rossi, episode 179 
overview of the writing world. Strength to be human. Take care. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.